Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. Hope you all are doing well, staying safe, staying healthy. It's on that note that we have our conversation today. But first, if you're new, let me explain what this is all about. Authentic Influence. It's a podcast about how some of the world's most interesting brands are mobilizing their masses to become more authentic. And today we're on with an organization called Aloha and specifically their CEO, Brad Sharon. This is an organization all about plant-based protein and developing healthier lives, but most interestingly, an organization which is looking to redefine the diet. In fact, make it so that you don't have to even say the word diet. Of course, there's plenty more to talk about within that. What I found particularly interesting and what I hope you will too, is not only the three-part advice that Brad gives towards the end of the episode about how to build better brands and more authentic relationships, but also specifically in his input on how to to walk the talk when it comes to contributing to communities. For Aloha, it's not just about donating or giving time to causes, it's also just about redefining what a company is. Started with the product mix and all the way down to its structure, it's clear that they are doing as much walking as they can. I think it was a great conversation, I really enjoyed it and I hope you will too, so how about we just let you hear it. I'll get out of the way and let you enjoy today's podcast. This is from Aloha. Brad Sharon. All right, everybody. I am here with Brad Sharon from Aloha. Brad, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing? Hey, Adam. How are you? Doing very well, thank you. Can't wait to dive into the conversation here, learn all about what Aloha is doing. Actually, that might be a good place to start. We've got plenty of topics of conversation to go through today, but uh, why don't we begin at the very top, with which is uh, what, what exactly is Aloha and, and what, uh, what brought you to become their, uh, their CEO after years in, uh, in, in other areas of CPG? Yeah, years, years and years and years and years. Um, it's, uh, look, it's a, it's a good story, but it, it just kind of goes back into an overall philosophy I've always had is you got to be passionate about your job, passionate about your product and that passionate ability to connect with it. And then that translates into everything you're doing. Um, uh, Aloha is a is an employee owned and operated company uh, in the plant based food and beverage space. Um, we're committed to making healthy, great tasting plant based protein products uh, that are pretty accessible. It, look, it's not a new story necessarily. People have been trying to get to better food uh, since the days of Snapple. Uh, whether you consider that better food or not, sure, yeah. But it's always been it's kind of a journey to to evolve our food ecosystem and the brands that espouse those beliefs. Um, you know, I, I started, you know, my journey to really being a consumerist, uh, to be a, a brand lover and a brand builder um, back when I was uh, in school. And, and, I, and I started most of my career in, in athletics, playing hockey, playing ice hockey. Um, I realized after five new surgeries, I wasn't going to make my money doing that. And so I needed to learn about business. And, uh, and I've been able to be a part of great entrepreneurial brands through my, my history, um, Chobani, Under Armour, Kind Snacks. And it was through those entrepreneurial experiences that I decided to take the plunge myself and become an entrepreneur at Aloha. Uh, and that was uh, three years ago uh, this August. So nearly three years into this journey, and I want to learn all about uh, how that has developed, especially in this context since uh, personal health has, has for one way, in one way or another, become more important, either as a, as a proactive or reactive means. And, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But 
I want to get first to this point of making sure that uh, brands that you're passionate about uh, resonate in the time and space in which they exist, which listeners, we were just talking about this just before we started to record. But specifically, Within this pandemic, so many business models are, are, are changing necessarily. The way that organizations are doing business are changing. But this is something that you had begun to adapt to before this was even a thing. Specifically, I understand that, that the team and your team went completely remote before this pandemic. And what I want to ask is, when I would normally ask folks, how have you adapted? What I want to ask for you now is, how do you think that that previous adaptation has uh, allowed you to learn about how to form a culture within an organization, regardless of a pandemic forcing it upon you? Yeah, it's, you know, look, I'd like to say I had some forethought that there was going to be a global pandemic that was, you know, almost like Universal Studios or something like that, where you learned about a contagion and then Dan Brown wrote a book about it. Right. Um, I, I, all I wanted to do was apply all my scarce assets and, and startups are all about uh, buying yourself time for the product and brand to be found and adopted and applying scarce resources so that every customer experience, every dollar is geared towards a customer experience that is sticky, that is worthwhile, that is memorable, and hopefully very shareable. And so I just looked for anything in my balance sheet, anything in my cash statement that wasn't geared towards the consumer. And if I could cut it, get rid of it and apply the dollars uh, more thoughtfully towards, uh, towards trial. I learned this at Under Armour back in the day when, you know, I was at Under Armour before we were a billion dollars in sales and on the printers, on the printers in the hallway, there were signs, there were placards that said, make $1 like three, you know, so how, how can you make a statement about conserving printer cartridges into a mantra about how to operate business? And that was the beauty about being in an entrepreneurial environment at a younger part of my career. Um, at Aloha, I, my philosophy really has been to be about hiring the best people, no matter where they live, um, and to try to use technology in a progressive leadership style as that catalyst for integration and efficiency. It's not going to work for every company. It's not going to work for every person. It may not. It may even be the right company, but the wrong time. Um, I spent, honestly, Adam, the first two years. Of, uh, of my time at Aloha reshaping and restructuring the company. This was a direct-to-consumer company. It was like if Sephora met Amazon, met something that Ariana Huffington would develop for influencers. It was meant to be this marketplace for all things health and wellness. I mean, the company had products in nine or 10 different vertical spaces, all of which were semi-connected, semi like connected tissue, tissue and a muscle, but they really weren't logical adjacencies like you'd find a structured CPG company following. And so that disconnect, that disparate nature made it hard to gain traction with consumers. And so you ended up burning a bunch of money with individual trial and individual customer acquisition costs. And, and so I was spent a lot of time reshaping that whole product portfolio and then putting people that would have the talent and the ability to really reform and relaunch and re-engage and re-anchor a brand purpose and points differentiation around what the company had become, which was an organic food and beverage company. Now we have 10 full-time employees spread throughout the country. Um, and what we've been doing is, you know, we've just been bonding virtually. Obviously I see them as much as I can. I haven't seen some of them in months, obviously because of COVID, but the technological advantages about being able to see people's faces, to never feel like you're out of touch with what's going on, um, 
you know, we've been able to manage it and we, cause we had the practice starting in November well before COVID hit in March. Right. Exactly. How do you think that your efforts to do so, even regardless of the pandemic has actually benefited the business? It seems like there are lots of things that you have changed. What was a marketplace of nine or 10 different categories now seems to be much more refined. And with regard to just seeing people as much as possible in a remote sense, how do you, has it benefited the business over what you saw before? And and if so, how so? Look, I think the products, I mean, anytime you can focus during a, a time of strife, a time of conflict, a time of uncertainty, um, I think focus and simplicity are always smarter things to do. It's just easier to control the controllables in that way. So having less product ranges, having to, to, to have less hero products, less... Um, uh, points of articulation to get your message out to make it three seconds simple to a consumer. That certainly, uh, the fact that we are pretty, you know, we are pretty uh, shrewd and, and practical, that has had a great impact in terms of being able to reinforce our priorities and our message. Now, like, how does the team take that away? Um, you know, I think it's, it, again, it's credit to the people. The people have to opt into it. It's this real, it's this business family concept in startups that you hear stories about. And it's really true. You're living, you're living the pain points in a much more intricate level. You're winning. When, when there's a win that happens, it feels much more personal. Um, you know, if anything else, though, this pandemic has reinforced that we really are an essential category. We provide nutritious, shelf-stable food and beverages to consumers that still need that while they're indulging in Kraft mac and cheese and perhaps a fair bit of alcohol. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> been there. Um, but that consumer, you know, more than anything else now, Adam, I think is pretty damn discerning about their purchases. And it's not just the 40 million plus Americans that are out of work. I think in general, this has allowed people the opportunity or forced people to have the opportunity to reflect on their purchase behavior, the brands they espouse, um, their priorities at home. Um, this has just been a really earth shadowing come to Jesus moment for the country and for the world. And as a marketer and as a, a product owner in, in this space, it, you just got to hope that transparency, uh, increasing points of distribution, channel agnostic in a way, and then the quality of your purchase to aid repeat, uh, repeat occasions, that really holds you through. This is, um, this is an interesting time to be doing business, and it's certainly even more interesting uh, to be in a startup environment. Oh yeah, I can I can relate with you hundred percent there, and certainly is interesting to have watched how spending patterns have changed over the last quarter, almost two now. Uh, with regard to what people bring in as what was initially essentials, which I believe now is probably involved a slightly larger slice of the of the pie, uh, being discretionary purchases. But all the while, uh, at least what I've observed from a categorical perspective personal health has been uh, top of mind. And for one of two reasons, either folks have taken the opportunity to take this time and be isolated and better themselves, uh, whether it means they develop a more stringent workout routine or uh, do some sort of different way of, of eating. And I don't necessarily want to say diet, and I'll, and I'll tell you why in a second. This is like something that I have done, which includes a lot of protein products, actually. And then on the other side, something that even the Wall Street Journal was talking about just this morning uh, with regards to people reacting to uh, the COVID-19, COVID-15, which has resulted in a New Year's-like resolution to become healthier. What I 
mentioned the diet thing for is that I noticed very recently on your Instagram a photo which was reshared which states the number one diet tip is don't. Well, you have products that would be uh, aligned with a with a healthy diet. And I'm curious as to how this uptick in interest in personal health uh, is something that Aloha is especially able to lean into right now. Yeah, I they think the you know, the message is we're trying to re reown or or I'm going to make a, a leap here that my social social team may or may not agree with. But right. I think if, if we can reown uh, or redefine the word diet, diet in the past has been this this thing you had to do. You were forced to do it because you felt out of control. You felt out of shape. You were told you had to go on a diet by a doctor, as opposed to thinking about diet in a progressive way and in a daily kind of regimen about allowing you having the right diet allows you to be vital and vital is the source of all life. It's almost like the name of our company, Aloha. It's a spiritual word. It means breath of life. Yes, it means hello and it means goodbye, but it's so much deeper than that. It's so much more contextualized than that. Uh, And that just comes back from, from the, from where it was created in Hawaii. And and our, our company was founded by three Hawaiians. So um, no, there's no doubt that personal health and wellness is, uh, certainly top of mind when you're going through a crisis. I don't think that that all of a sudden the pandemic happened and people go, wow, I, I guess eating healthy or working out or, or you know trying plant-based products is a good thing now all of a sudden. I think it's just accelerated it. It's been a catalyst moment. I think the pandemic has allowed people the mind space to get out of the behaviors and rituals they had before, whether it's a two hour commute from Connecticut into New York City and thinking that was normal, uh, whether it's uh, uh, not thinking about sleep as as a reinforcing behavior about wellness as opposed to just trying to get as much work in as and as little sleep as possible to function. Um, you know, we are certainly riding a trend when it comes to plant-based food, of which we were one of the pioneers in our space on. We are certainly are riding a trend on protein, a builder, a building block of muscle uh, uh, um, and having low sugar and not having sugar through sugar alcohols and stevia and artificials. We're certainly on the forefront of that. Uh, we've always been a USD organic. And I think that 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 organic certification and quality, especially if you can get it at an appropriate price point, means more today than it did uh, three or four months ago. Um, but I, I'm just happy to see that the company that the country, despite it's political strife, uh, despite the fact that we're going through uh, the worst epidemic I think we, we, we ever would have imagined we're going through. We're, we're deep, deep into it. I am happy that we, we seem to be using, well, happy is too strong a word. I, I'm cognizant that a lot of people are using this as an opportunity to re, really think about what are the products and what are the, the rituals and what are the brands that help empower them to be vital. Uh, in their life. At the end of the day, that's why the company exists, to make people happier, to make people healthier, to provide them the fuel to go and live uh, a a very um, uh, poignant life. And what do you think are some of those common qualities among the organizations and brands that consumers will stick to now and after the pandemic? Obviously, these are things that you are building Aloha on, but I'm curious just as to your thoughts about the persona of brand, which will uh, continue to grow through this. Look, I think transparency matters a lot. Uh, And it's not just transparency in terms of your product ingredients. I mean, Kind Snacks did a great job of that. Daniel Obetsky's 
uh, just an incredible human being, first of all, and, and then second as a founder and executive. But he talked about uh, simple ingredients, uh, ingredients you can see and pronounce. I certainly have adopted that at, at, at Aloha when you look at our ingredient panel. So that transparency in product is one thing. I think the second thing is transparency in terms of your purpose. I mean, if anything, the recent times have taught us about purpose-driven brands and walking the talk a little bit. And, um, and a friend of mine told me that, I think his quote was, um, purpose-driven brands are going to have to show the receipt to get credit for being purpose-driven now, as opposed to just saying uh, and think and, and saying in empty words or just using uh, a broader 30,000-foot content uh, to, uh, to purpose-driven. Uh, I think consumers expect that now. Now, does that mean that, a, that a, a brand, like a small brand, has to be all things to all people? No. Does that mean that a brand that may not have true impact on one area all of a sudden has to have it, like they feel they have to? No. All it means is that brands have to be doing good, and they have to be doing good on multiple areas, in addition to, obviously, financial financial sustainability. Um, this is where, you know, one of my major inputs or, or, or actions coming out of this pandemic is I'm going to move us to a B corporation. I'm going to take the leap to, we've always been operating this way. And so I wanted to make sure that we as a company showed that we were going to live, we are, we are living this. Uh, and then that means we must uphold the highest standards of verified social, environmental performance, public transparency, legal accountability to balance profit and purpose. I mean, those are the steps that really put the, the walk behind the talk. So transparency in terms of product and credentials, transparency in terms of how you operate as a business. And then I think transparency inside your organization is really critical as well. Um, you know, again, it's a 10 person company. We all know way too much about each other, uh, whether it's I'm the CEO and someone's just a junior person starting out their first job. Um, boy, I'd be intimidated if I was the young person coming in here. Um, I got some really, really smart people doing really incredible things and I just sit back and watch them. But, um, uh, you know, that, that transparency in terms of your own internal focus and motivation, I think not only is it smart from a business standpoint, um, you know, knowing that there's just very little room for failure when the country is going through economic turmoil, um, but it can be used correctly and harnessed correctly and it'll reinforce the first two things we talked about, about transparency and product and transparency and purpose. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's probably one of the most detailed answers that I've received. And I didn't even ask the question. I was planning on it. But with regard to how are you leaning into being purpose-driven? A lot of folks, and and rightly so, will talk about you know contributions they're making to causes or to communities. And there's plenty of great ways to do that. And that is certainly taking action and not necessarily talking. But to change the, I don't, you know, I'll know business I'm no business like buff. I'm not sure how to change corporations and things like that, but that seems like it seems like uh, you're putting the correct structures in place, which is really cool to hear about. In fact, I've never heard about that explicitly on this show before, so that's really cool. Uh, better lucky than good, Adam. That's like I operate mostly under that 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 motto. I'm better lucky than good. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Now look, I think everyone, you know, you, let's just get into this a little more if you want to. Um, the Donations are great. Um, you know, cause supporting causes that you care about is great. Being on the right side of history is great. Is important. Um, and um, and I think in smaller organizations, you, you know, certainly at bigger companies, it's just harder to move that ship. I mean, you have institutional processes and people and all those kind of things you have to do. It's just very difficult. 
Um, I would, it would be challenging to be in a big corporation right now where you've operated under a certain way for 75 years or even 20 years or 15 or 10 years. And, um, and you have to move, you have to move purpose. Um, I think, I think it's easier for younger brands to, to do it now. Um, it's also the fact that we don't have the baggage, um, uh, the baggage that some of the bigger companies have when it, when it comes to these, these issues. You know, I've been focused on women's empowerment and equality for um, for the last three years plus. Actually, actually, the last twelve years plus, because my I have three daughters, and and I can't imagine them growing up in a world where they didn't feel equal or they didn't feel empowered to make as much of an impact, in no matter what they were doing as a man. And and the majority of Aloha is female. Uh, the number two in the company, she's female, and we've committed to the Women's On Board project to add a female member of a board uh, onto our board, which which we'll do in the next uh, 30 days. So um, now, does that mean I have to have a role in every single cause out there? I'd love to. I'd love to, to do that. But, you know, scarce resources and, and where are you most authentic and how can you make an impact for people? Uh, you know, those are those are things I think about a lot because... It doesn't get back to a donation and then putting this into the rear view mirror and say, yep, check, done there, done it, I'm good. Right. It's a commitment to listen and learn and evolve. Um, but, but at the same time, also know, know your lane, know what you're good for. Um, I, don't, I don't think anyone wants to have Aloha comment on the next royal baby or something like that. Fair I mean, enough. Like, <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got our own stuff to do, and I think we can have an impact to our consumers uh, by staying focused on our core mission. Right. And maybe it's a combination of those two things you just said, the, the, the core mission and the consumers, which leads me to the next point. And in the pursuit of being as uh, authentic as possible, what I've often seen is that uh, brands will incorporate an awful lot of the consumer's message into their own message when it comes to talking about product, when it comes to talking about causes, all that sort of thing. And so I want to tap on into that a little bit, um, just because we tend to do that on the show from time to time. I'm curious in some of the ways in which the folks who have been actively engaging with Aloha hey, during this time or prior to this time, and for whatever their reason is, uh, I'm wondering about how the ways in which they're encouraged to share their stories, how Aloha is helping them along, whether it's a, a, a non-diet uh, regimen or, or the like. Look, in the spirit of transparency and accountability, we're trying to build out actually our Aloha.com page, our community page to, to really share not only our commitments and actions towards uh, towards community community change and evolution, um, but also provide uh, an avenue for people, for like-minded people to, to, to kind of share ideas and thought process to use business as a force for good. Um, you know, this is not making it all of a sudden that, that Aloha.com becomes a Reddit message board. I don't, I don't want that. And I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think consumer behavior will find dialogue and avenues on some of those places and they don't need to do it on a brand uh, webpage. That being said, I think it's an opportunity for us to showcase our team, uh, to showcase what we believe in, in terms of plant-based food, uh, to be transparent in terms of the bets we're making also to celebrate uh, aspects of, of what our products are enabling consumers to go and achieve and go do. Um, you know, that's just the beginning part. I think through our social and through other kind of, uh, you know, uh, third party sites and commentary, we're trying to get our viewpoint out on, on the world in, in that you can have, you know, great tasting plant-based protein and it allows you to do um, more than you thought you could do on your own. Um, it's not a new concept. You know, food companies have been doing this for a while. 
I think we have the right art and science behind it. Um, but we're, we're just, we're just trying to, we're trying to get our message out there bit by bit, uh, and encourage people to adopt it without forcing it down their throat. Yep. I, I, I agree. And so it's interesting to hear about what you foresee for the future state of what a community type space, even, you know, on the website or on, on any property of yours would, would, would entail. I, I think that there is definitely a, uh, a middle ground to be drawn between this sort of Reddit like groundswell of everybody's opinion and just in your face as opposed to, uh, you know, well, like you've done with your product mix to focus and to make sure that you stick to one, uh, you know, singular solid message. Um, it's on that note, I think, you know, having a, a singular solid message and maybe this isn't singular, but definitely a solid one, which brings me to the, the, the round out question of the day, which listeners know is our, is our advice column. But I love to learn from folks who have built incredible brands and brands which which seem to stand for like very specific and, and simple things to come on and talk about either stories from their lives or mentors advice that they've received or or even pitfalls avoided or mistakes made over the years which have led them to develop what what I would call more authentic brands but maybe just better relationships with people. It seems that you've been able to do that not only with your consumers, but also with the tight-knit organization that you run, even in an all-remote capacity. And so I'm curious from you what advice you might have to our listeners who often emulate the journeys of the folks who appear on this show with regard to becoming more authentic or building that more authentic brand. What would you say on that? I knew the answer to that question, Adam. I'd be much more successful. I'd probably even be better looking than I am right now. Fair um, enough. I um that's a, I mean, that's a great question. And I think that at the end of the day, people need to find out what works for them and, and use their, you know, follow their journey. Um, I, I would go back to a couple of things and, and just speaking extemporaneously. Uh, you know, the first thing we've talked about is, is having a passion for the brand you work on. Um, I, I think that you, you can't fake that. And I think you wake up each day ready to fight a little harder, to go a little further uh, and, and to share a little more if you have a passion for what you're doing. Uh, and that goes to your both product and purpose. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough day if you're going through life miserable. Uh, and so I think that while we're all putting bread on the table and we're all putting one step in front of the other just to kind of keep on keeping on, um, I think that passion part's critical. And I think it can't be faked. So... Um, no, no matter what is the smart or the practical idea about how your career will go, um, I think passion uh, passion is just as important. In fact, in fact maybe even more important. Um, I would say the second thing is is uh, something I've learned as I've gotten older, and but it kind of goes back to something I think my father told me when I was in my early teens. Um, and I think he told me, paraphrasing, uh, something like, you're never as smart as someone thinks you are, and you're never as stupid. And, um, and I think, you know, as you go through your career, you're always in the mission to prove how you're, you're up to the challenge. And, and I think being level-headed, being even keeled, uh, having a sense of perspective at all times, it really does go a long way. I mean, I learned this when I was, I've been a hockey goalie for Jesus, most of my life, uh, uh, you know, up through university of Notre Dame and and playing after, after school and, and even playing three times a week at the ripe old age of 42. Um, but um, it, it's that mindset about, you know, the puck goes in the net behind you, forget about it, stop the next shot. 
You're never as bad or you're never as, as awesome as, uh, as someone may, may, may say you are. I think that provides, uh, certainly for me, a, a degree of clarity uh, when, when the days don't go so well. Uh, and, it, and I think it provides a, a degree of humility uh, when, when days are, the days are going pretty well. Um, so that's the second thing I said. And, and then the third thing is, um, look, I think, I think that brands, um, you know, brands don't just, just exist anymore to satisfy the C's and the P's. I mean, they don't just exist anymore to hit a price point. They don't exist anymore just because there's a white space in a category. I mean, there's the Harvard Business School way of thinking about brands and business that I certainly respect. Um, but I think there's also about um, what emotion and, and what gift are you giving someone that makes their life and their day a little, just that little bit brighter, uh, just that little bit more productive, just that little bit more differentiated, just that little bit more special. And I think that as you're creating a brand, certainly as, as we are creating a brand here, um, those are the kind of questions uh, I'm thinking about um, more than simply what is the price slope on a Costco offer? Is that important? Yeah, that's important. But if you're not thinking about why actually is my product important for a Costco shopper in terms of how they're using it as a discovery or what they're trying to do to find something new but still provide value or, you know, or why it's the, it's the selection criteria of what that trip offers and then you know, those are interesting questions that I think require a marketer, a, a business person um, to think one or two levels deeper. I call them the two whys. So if someone asks me a really good kind of a, a question, uh, you know, or, or has a good comment or a fact, I say, why? I want the one, one level deeper. And then they ask, then they answer it again. They say, okay, well, one level deeper, here's my answer. And I say, okay, well, well why? And, and then once they answer that second dimension, like, look, that's good enough. I mean, there's, we're already two standard deviations from the mean here. That's good enough to make sure that we, we thought things through enough uh, to, to, to kind of come off with, with the point of view about why we should, um, should adopt a certain business philosophy. But I think, you know, look, between having a great, uh, a passionate brand, uh, having the equality of thought to know that you're neither stupid nor incredibly smart about the majority of things. Uh, and then the last thing we talked about as well, uh, I, I just think, that's that's probably as good a lesson I can give you, knowing that uh, that everyone's journey is is different and individual. Well, I certainly can uh, sympathize with the, uh, the the feeling of, oh man, I I feel dumb, uh, or you know, oh hey, this is this was a great idea, and sort of remembering to stay even headed or level headed. I was going to say on an even keel, but level headed. The two eyes I haven't actually heard before. It makes complete sense, um, and I've certainly heard about that philosophy, but never, never applied or never, certainly never on this show, both really strong pieces of advice. Of course, those are the two that stood out to me. Listeners, I'm sure that, uh, that plenty of that stood out to you. Um, I, uh, I've been, it's been a privilege to have this conversation with you, Brad, and, and to learn more about, you know, why, why Aloha and what you're doing there to, to advance, you know, people's, uh, let's say not diet to, to, to reinvent what we think of, and of course, uh, in how to fold the consumer voice in along the way. So for all that we've talked about over the last half hour, Brad, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Adam. I enjoyed it. 
Thank you so much to Brad Sharon from Aloha for joining the show today. You know, this has been an interest of mine as well, doing more of like the high protein stuff, especially during this pandemic. Gonna have to try out some of your stuff too. If you enjoyed today's show, here's what you can do because there's plenty more where this came from. Head over to this website. All right, ready? It's podcast.vavoom.co. This is where you're going to find all of our episodes since I started this in October of 2018. There are over a hundred of them, probably 110 or 115 now, I lose count. But regardless, 50 to 60 hours of content that you can get yourself into. And if you'd like to see our social spaces, well, you can certainly do that too. We're on LinkedIn. There's a showcase page there called Authentic Influence Podcast. And you can find all of the episodes there as well as little tidbits and more personal thoughts of mine on the shows that we release. And then finally, the most personal of all is just my personal space, Adam Connor. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Connect with me, reach out, let me know what you're thinking about the show. Give me your recommendations about who should appear next and I'm going to do my absolute best to get that to you. But for right now, I'm going to be back again real soon with another episode, another fantastic brand mobilizing its masses to become more authentic. Can't wait to have you hear it. And until then, for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.